Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200. This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Welcome to the Action and Ambition podcast. I'm your host today, Chase Geyser. And with us, we have a very special guest. Manpreet Hare is the co-founder of PayFuture, an innovative payment gateway specializing in providing local payment methods in emerging markets. With over 10 years experience in the online payments industry, having previously worked for PaySafe and Nuvi, I hope I pronounced that correctly, the PayFuture gateway technology was founded to offer payment methods covering pay-ins, payouts, and removing barriers of entry in often difficult to access regions. In under three years, the company has achieved exponential growth and established offices in London, Dubai, Delhi, and Manila. Manpreet, it is an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Action and Ambition podcast. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic. It's uh, an absolute pleasure to uh, speak with yourself, Chase. Absolutely. So one of the questions I like to start with was, uh, where was your head at when you graduated from the equivalent of high school? Um, not not uh, where I thought it'd be now. So if you had told uh, that uh, 16-year-old that, I would be doing what I'm doing now. I wouldn't have believed that um, that person then, right? And so it's crazy how the world moves in uh, mysterious ways. But look, it's um, I'm happy where I am now. But um, that person there, it, it wasn't. It was not the same person that I am now. No kidding. So what was the major change? So I think look, the the major change. Um, I was always ambitious. Always knew I wanted to achieve something, but um, I didn't really know what, what I was good at. Um, I'll be honest, um, I managed to land in the payments industry. Um, obviously, the payments industry at the moment is very fast moving. So I was lucky that um, I came into this um, particular world of payments. And um, yeah, I mean, we've just taken it from there and uh, created our business. And um, we've been um, extremely lucky along the way. Uh, and with grit and determination, we are where we are now. So... Tell me a little bit about how you got into the position of co-founding PayFuture. Were you currently working at one of the other um, payment providers like a new buyer or PayFuture? No, no. I mean, look, um, I think what it is, it's uh, I'm a firm believer in career capital. So, um, for example, you mentioned w- what um, the boy was like when he uh, finished high school. Yeah. I think what it is, you have to know what you, what you are good at and uh, what you're not good at. Um, I had career capital in payments, so I knew payments quite well. Um, so I knew that I could uh, establish myself within this industry. But I think what it is, when you work for somebody else, uh, you learn a lot of things along the way. These are big organizations. Uh, I've gone off to uh, list on NASDAQ uh, as well uh, since I, uh, I wasn't there. 
But the thing is, we knew that there was a bit of a niche in the market in terms of emerging markets, um, with China really booming at that time when I was working for these organisations. Uh, we knew a country such as India would be the next best, best thing. So um, we started this organisation mainly asking merchants if they would like to go into emerging markets such as India. Then after that, did we uh, create a business out of it. That makes sense. So I know that with with Facebook, I spend a lot of time working with Facebook because I run a, a social advertising agency. And I know that with Facebook, one of the challenges they had was calculating growth after they sort of conquered the world. It was sort of like everybody who had the internet had a Facebook account. And so it was hard for them to get new users because there were no new people really to, to, to uh, uh, have in, in place. And so my question for you is, did you find that like a lot of the sort of established markets were saturated with solutions already. And so the emerging markets were sort of the only place to go. I think Chase, you just hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what it was. Um, Europe, uh, US, North America were very saturated markets, um, but people didn't know how to enter these uh, emerging markets. When I first started to go in there, um, basically, you know, 2015 was a year I went, try to go in there 2014 india was seen as the most difficult market in the world to do business in so uh, it gives you an idea of the challenges that we faced going into these countries and um, basically giving the merchants what they they needed we knew that they needed to go into emerging markets to expand um, but you know we understood that the 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 challenge that they faced so that removing that barrier of entry was was key for our success giving them local payment methods also was was the most important thing because you know visa mastercard even though in the western world we think that the, most of the payment methods start with visa mastercard in the emerging markets that's probably not always the case and um then repatriating funds outside of emerging markets is also a big challenge as well so Big challenges to go into these markets, but I think with uh, Europe and North America being saturated, it was a normal thing to go into these uh, developing nations. Now, I know from an advertising standpoint, it's very inexpensive to advertise in, in countries like India because there aren't a lot of advertisers bidding to reach those audiences because of the lack of relative buying power uh, compared to like North America or the United Kingdom, for example. And so, can you talk a little bit about sort of managing that dynamic of of this, this giant economy where people need to be able to transact, but maybe there's not a whole lot of buying power. So how do you, how do you establish um, a model that, that could be lucrative at scale you know, in an environment like that? Yeah, I think you know, when we talk about emerging markets or developing markets, these are markets that are just um, getting like a middle class. And when, mm -hmm. when you get a middle class within these nations, they have a little bit of disposable income to, um, to play around with. Then when you couple that with the uh, immense populations in these countries, you're looking at huge, huge returns. I mean, um, for, for example, the U US has got a huge population. Uh, of over 200 uh, million odd but you know india's 1.4 you know uh, you know nigeria is another 200 pakistan another 200 plus so the actual populations in, that you're playing with in these countries are, are huge so it's the it's different to uh, selling to americans you have to obviously um, have different marketing etc maybe uh, smaller uh, price points but 
you know, the returns are obviously going to be there. So what's it like managing the different regulatory environments in these emerging markets? I think that's the main challenge. Um, you have to understand the le- local laws, the regulations, legislations, what you can do, what you can't do. And understanding that uh, on behalf of the merchant is pretty much our, our role. Um, we've we've grown exponentially in the last three years, and that's because we've uh, removed the barrier of entry to these countries, even if um, they need help with setting up, and I'm talking about online businesses, need help setting up these businesses in these countries. We assist with that. Uh, we assist with um, them understanding local laws because they need to understand what they can do, what they can't do as well. It's really, really important that they know what they're doing before they actually enter the the, the market as well. But we're experts in that market. We're absolutely, we know what you can do, what you can't do. But most importantly, we know what it takes to be successful in these markets. Mm, that makes sense. So what's something that you know now that you wish you would have known when you started? Um, I, I think that's a very good question that I know now, which uh, I think uh, every country is completely different. You know, different cultures uh, are different. You need to have people on the ground for for each region. So if you, if we're in the UK and we pretend like we know what the Southeast Asian um, economy is like and how to enter these markets, we'll be lying to ourselves. So we need, um, now we know that we need to, hands on the ground, if you like, you know, uh, people on the ground that know exactly what they're doing. And that's one thing, if I was to go back, that I would uh, probably look for at the beginning. That makes sense. So what's next for um, for PayFuture? Where, where would you like to see the company in 2025? So 2025, I mean, uh, our ambition is to list on NASDAQ. Um, so we have very, very ambitious growth plans. Uh, we're one of the fastest growing payment companies in the world. We're very, very proud of that. But the thing is, it's not about us just um, getting bigger and bigger. We're actually solving a problem for our merchants. So to help our merchants enter these markets is our main focus. If the merchants are successful, we're doing our job correctly. Um, As I mentioned, 85% of the world's population is there. So it can be very lucrative for these merchants. So if we continue to grow as we're growing now, we're doing our job correctly. So where do you see the global economy in, in 10 years from now? What, what impact is it going to have to have these, these sort of um, emerging markets emerge? <laughs> yeah, I think um, you can see now that a lot of these countries in emerging markets are getting a lot of traction. The economies are doing very, very well. Some of these countries are not really affected too much by the uh, economic climate at the moment as well um so in in 10 years time it's very difficult to say the MENA area looks very very strong um so i get i'm guessing um a country like saudi will be very strong moving forward um in 10 years time but it is very very difficult to say because even 10 years back from now if you used to predict what would happen now with the war etc you couldn't have predicted that has the war in Ukraine had any impact on your business? No, I mean, it's not a reason that we really look at. and uh, We're not really focused uh, towards Europe and uh, North America too much. So it hasn't affected our business uh, 
uh, uh, but I mean, what's going on there is obviously very, very terrible. Sure. And um, we wouldn't, we would be very, very against, um, you know, the war and um, hopefully uh, things can get sorted out there. Yeah, absolutely. So when was it that you first realized that you were an entrepreneur? Um, I think when I was at um, my last payments role, which was at Nuve, um, and then I understood that, you know, there is an opportunity here, you know, to help merchants enter the, uh, these markets because we always speak to the, our merchants. We already, already always, you know, spoke to them on a day-to-day basis, uh, liaised with them, and we knew that there was a, a gap there that we needed to fill. Um, so I teamed up with my co-founder, Zaki Farouk, um, who is um, a driving force in our, our technical work. Our payment gateway is uh, is designed to move from country to country very, very easily. Um, and that was designed from, from scratch. And um, we knew that we had uh, something when we've, we, we saw huge amounts of uh, growth uh, during the lockdown. You know, people were stuck inside and the volumes were going uh, uh, up and up and up and um luckily for us they've uh, they've grown ever since so when you started the business was it just you and your co-founder yeah it was me and my co-founder in fact um uh, we, we were looking at our stats and in the in 2021 uh, at the beginning we had 14 people um now we've got 84 people um we're completely bootstrapped so we haven't had any external funding into our organization which is quite rare um normally you get maybe seed funding maybe even series a you build a product up and you know i think you look at it and think how can we sell this product um we've done it actually on upside down if you like or back to front where we spoke to our merchants spoke about india if that was an interest to them spoke about other emerging markets whether it was an, an interest for them and we built our product on the back of that because there's no point of building a product out and it not be used for anything. You know, you have to build up your value proposition for these merchants. You have to help them in some way. So we were always commercially minded as a business um, and we always actually made profit from day one. So we've done things slightly different from the traditional uh, fintechs of this world. So was your first hire for the company just a, a development role? Yeah, it was. It was uh, me, Zaki, and um, a developer who's still with us, actually, um, from India. Um, he's He runs the uh, development work for us uh, over there. So it's, it's great to see what he's actually achieved. It's great to see what we've achieved in uh, such a short, short space of time. But... Um, yeah, it's uh, when you look back, it's, it's quite nice to see where we've come now. So, w- was there a moment in which you knew that this was gonna this was gonna really work in a big way? I think we always had belief from day one. We always thought that it would work. I think, you know, there's one thing manifesting, but there's also one thing giving merchants or giving online businesses rather what they require. We knew that if we worked hard. And we facilitated exactly what we needed to do, then we would get there. It's in reality, it doesn't always work out like that. We saw many challenges. We made loads of mistakes along the way, uh, but uh, we persevered, and um, 
you know, even now we can't say we're we're absolutely perfect. You know, we're seeing still seeing the challenges of scaling up. Uh, still, still seeing the challenges of hiring so many people. Um, but it's fantastic. It's like we we come to work every day and we're excited. I absolutely love what we do. That's awesome. So, you know, you mentioned what you mentioned that one of the biggest challenges was um, the different regulatory environments of these merging uh, cultures, regions. What are what are some of the other challenges that you're facing now? Some of the other challenges, I mean, um, the speed to market is is really important for us uh, because merchants, you know, they want to go into new markets as quick as possible. Um, a lot of the developing nations is you can't work that quickly as you would like uh, because there's still the infrastructure is still catching up. Um, some of the payment methods are um you know not really there at the moment when you're talking about really developing uh, countries so we have many challenges going into different uh, countries and every country is completely different so it's fascinating at the same time um but it's also challenging at the same time how do you navigate the um, different currency values which are sort of always in flux to make sure that when when deposits withdrawals are made across uh, region um the the accounting is correct yeah, look, uh, I think that's a very good question. We only uh, use local currency. So we want the customer to be able to pay how they want to pay. You know, that's right. important, local currency, local payment methods. But obviously, when um, in the countries where you can legally repatriate funds, you know, merchants may need it in, um, you know, their currency of choice. So it's important that in certain countries that, you do that fairly quickly, so there isn't a dip uh, in um, currency volatility. Um, when we can do that, that's great, and it works for the merchant. Sometimes it's not always the case, but these are one of the challenges that we we face in um, in these countries. Have you had any um, any, any users attempt to use the platform for the purpose of arbitrage? No, no, no. It's um, it basically can't be done. We're not an FX company, right? Sure. So, uh, sure. It, not, not on our platform. Have Have you integrated any use of like uh, cryptocurrency or cu- currency or blockchain tech at all in, in the platform, or is that something that you're just sort of avoiding for now? Um, we're avoiding for now, um, mainly because um, a lot of the banks that don't like it. I love the blockchain platform. I love uh, cryptocurrency. Um, so blockchain for me is, is phenomenal. Um, but uh, from a compliance point of view, a lot of banks unfortunately don't like it. Uh, when that does change, then we may look to uh, delve into that market, but there's no doubt about it. In terms of technology, it's a lot better than the banking system. So um, we're very careful whether we uh, use crypto in the future is uh, is to be seen, but not for now. Yeah, so... Um... Tell me about some of the features of the platform uh, that are appealing to merchants and, and consumers alike. Yeah, so one API, basically one integration will give merchants access to global markets. And any future countries that we open up, future payment methods that we open up, they'll open up and it's a tick box for them to to obviously start processing. That's being the key selling point for us as well, because merchants don't want to keep integrating different payment solutions in different parts of the world. It's like a, their integration queues are long enough, right? So if we give them one API and it opens up 
uh, particular markets. That that's the key element. Our our gateway also gives a prediction of whether a transaction will be an approval or a decline before the transaction's actually taken place as well. And that's with a little bit of AI element that we've added into the technology. Uh, and we've also developed the payment gateway, so it's able to take a huge amount of volume of transactions per per second as well. So we try to design the actual gateway. So, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, it can be, um, it, it can develop even more than what it is now. What you find is that a lot of legacy acquiring banks out there and payment processes, they can't do that because they've got these old platforms that can't be nimble, that can't be sharp. And we wanted to design something that can do that because if there's new technology out there, you just mentioned potentially blockchain, then you know we, we're able to uh, integrate that or add that into our payment gateway uh, as well. But it's important to make it um, local focused. So for example, if you've got a country such as Pakistan, which is um, the wording is in Urdu, which is the, the the other way around, you have to turn your payment page. Simple things like this make a big difference. And A-B testing, uh, smart routing and cascading uh, are key elements to our payment gateway. So tell me a little bit about the difference between your platform and a platform like PayPal. Is PayPal even a competitor to you? Are they are they making efforts to reach emerging markets or is it sort of apples and oranges? Yeah, I mean, PayPal, uh, I'm pretty sure they have a payment gateway function, but they're mainly an e-wallet solution. So we're not an e-wallet at all. What you find is that when a company such as PayPal finds it extremely difficult to enter a country such as India, and um, I'm not sure how successful they were in getting any traction in India. We see that as an opportunity, right? Um, so we took up that challenge. And I think going for the probably the, one of the hardest markets to begin with, which is India, it gave us good stead to go into other markets. So PayPal is, um, is different in terms of, you know, it's an e-wallet solution and it's more uh, customer focused. We're a payment gateway that's mainly online business focused. So we give them mm. the facility to uh, to work. But in these markets, it's in, it, the key element is that the merchant can just go there with ease, can accept local payments with ease, can repatriate funds with ease. That's what we do. That's why, that's what's driven our, our growth. But it is not straightforward as companies such as this have found out. So where can people find you, follow your story as well as do business with PayFuture? Yeah, so um, I think the best way to uh, connect with me is on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm at Manpreet Hare on LinkedIn. Our website for PayFuture is payfuture.net. And um, you can also follow me on Twitter at Manpreet Hare as well. Well, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Action and Ambition podcast. I hope that you'll come back and join us after some more time passes and let us know how things are going. Brilliant, Chase. Absolutely pleasure. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 